Good Tuesday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Tuesday Night Flight presented by the Sideline Junkies. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG sitting in with the man that is probably, oops, probably the biggest Tina Marie fan next to myself. He's talking square biz to you, baby. Uh, The Midnight Rider. What's going on, folks? And uh, I had to. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. What we all going for? Her. Uh-oh. No, go ahead, cause I know how this goes. Go ahead. No, I I I I I had to uh, say something about Tina Marie because I actually had to call my mom last night and was like, "You remember when you used to play Tina Marie all the time around the house?" She said, "Yes." I said, "Man, she has some babies." <laughs> and I, I just went through her whole discography, and I was like, "She didn't miss. She don't miss." <laughs> So talented. No, no. So so Tina Marie, that's my sister's favorite. Like it's Prince Tina Marie. Now I don't know if that's the exact order, but that's how it played out in the house. So whenever she was cleaning, whatever she was doing, something on a Saturday morning, and I think my niece picked up some of that because she she get she get into that Tina Marie too. So yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And uh for your View and pleasure. I, I am uh still world champion. Uh ain't nothing changed. Just wanna let that be known, you know. Take my time, uh show everything on camera when I can, you know. Just gotta let that be known. Still that guy. So uh wanted to start this one off. We gotta start off a little somber because a lot of things have happened in the last week or so. Uh We've lost just the, at, that we know of. We lost three people in the sports world already. Uh, Alex Collins yesterday, Caleb White, uh, I think three days ago, and Rodion Armov, Amirov, uh, Maple Leafs uh, player. Of course, Alex Collins, former, uh, what, he played Seattle, Baltimore, and I think the Memphis Showboats. So. And uh, Kayla White, number three player in the country, coming out of high school. We lost all these guys in a week, man. And I just, I, I, I don't really have the words, so I'm trying to search for the words. So please forgive me. But when you see such young lives lost and all that coming up with, with natural causes, man, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And we're seeing it more and more. And we're not talking about gun violence. We're not talking about car crash. We're talking about natural causes, you know, or sick underlying sicknesses. Sad to see, man. Sorry, man, I had to confirm because I knew you went to either Arkansas or South Carolina. And my brain don't work well when I'm not sure. But he went to Arkansas. But he had a crazy year out of nowhere with, um, and I'm talking about Alex Collins, if you're just jumping in. Um, Collins had a crazy year. Was it Baltimore or Seattle where he gained like 951 yards? Like he was like their bell cow towards the end of the season. Um, He was a dog in college, though. I loved him in college. I thought he was going to have a a bigger career. Um, But, yeah, you're talking about um, these lives being lost. 
and I still just wonder what is it something with um, what we eat? You know, is this what something with what we put into our bodies as far as drinking? You know, I mean, we're we've got chickens that aren't chickens, to be honest with you. That's why you got KFC. I mean, they they're being made in a lab. So what are we what are we doing wrong in the process of maybe making the food or doing the food that's actually doing more damage to our bodies than doing doing um, good? Uh, and it's sad to see young guys. Um, and this makes me feel so old when I say that, like these youngsters um, passing away at an early age, but they're at that point. I mean, you, you're, you're looking at people that are your kid's age and sometimes it's hard. It's, you just, cause you always think about them. I don't care what it is. You always sometimes put yourself in the place of that parent and just trying to imagine what they're going through dealing with something like that. So um, yeah, our condolences to everybody. And even if, you one of our viewers, uh, one of our members, and you've lost someone and we didn't know about it. You, know, you have our prayers and our condolences for sure. Um, and, you know, always reach out to us if you need something. Um, if you need a laugh, come sit here with us on Tuesdays, Thursdays, or watch an old show, man. Most definitely. And uh, it was confirmed Alex Collins died in a motorcycle accident. I could have sworn they said natural. They they were still trying to determine. They didn't know last night, but now I'm, I looked it up. It says a uh, motorcycle accident in Florida. So uh, just crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, don't know how to take it to be honest. But it's death. Death is a part of living, and it's never easy. So I will say that. So let's try to – I'd rather do that at the beginning of the show so we can brighten it up and we can finish on a high note. Uh, James Harden, holding fast on not reporting to camp. Midnight Rider. How many times we got to go through this? How many times is he going to hold people, hold teams hostage with this bullshit? You know, I'm really surprised that <clears throat> the league hasn't tried to write something into the bylaws to stop this from happening. Um, you would think the owners would get tired of this and going through these shenanigans and put something in place that, you know, you can, like you, you can only request a trade once or you have to wait a certain number of years or something. And it's funny because Daryl Morey was a guy he probably was praising when he got out of Houston going to Philly to begin with. So now all of a sudden the guy's a liar to you. Like he may, he probably told you everything. You just didn't want to listen. And to be honest, you, let's not act like you you went back to Philly because you were trying to fulfill some destiny or some um, prophecy. You went back because you had 36 million reasons why, and that was the most you could get from anybody. So that's the reason why you went back to Philly. You didn't go back to Philly because your, your heart was there and you you was lost in Geno Stakes. And you cried because you didn't know the next time you, you would walk past the Rocky Balboa statue. That's not happening. Or you're not getting $5 fresh burgers on a stand on one college campus. That's not happening. That's not happening. Sorry. Yeah, about Philly, I see. Hey, man, I'm a big boy. We eat. <laughs> Where's and no whiz? I, I'm, I'm not a uh, – I, I like the regular cheese, man. I'm sorry. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, now, I'll say this about James Harden. Now, but he went from 
how did it go? He went from OKC, which where's we he was drafted, to Brooklyn. To no, he went to Houston first. Oh, I'm sorry, Houston, then Brooklyn. Now he's in Philly. Now he's trying to get back out and possibly get back to Houston. And the strip clubs are begging for him to come down there. But now this is uh this is something that I I I could say I differ on opinions with other people. It's like uh, I was listening to Gilbert Arenas, and he was talking about guys that changed the game. You know, Jordan changed the game. LeBron didn't. Harden did because you know, uh, the way I said Harden didn't change the game. Harden is yeah, yes, he's a great scorer. Is he top seventy five in my book? No, maybe eighty, eighty one, maybe eighty two, eighty five, but not seventy five. Okay, for you to play this game, you play a child's game for a king's ransom. The object of this is the love of the game and the win rings. James Harden, with the way he's going, he's never going to do that. He's never going to really be a winner because when it comes time to show up, he's not there. Uh, Midnight Riders' favorite Philly basketball player, AI or Sir Charles? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I gotta stick with the, the brotherhood, the round mound. Mm. I'm the round mound of sound, he's the round mound of rebound. <laughs> uh, I got, I, um, I used, I, got to try, I used to try to go coast to coast like Barkley, so that's yeah. You know that's why he didn't make the 84 Olympic team, right? I wouldn't doubt it. Because wasn't Bobby Knight the coach of that team? Yeah, and Knight was like he was talented, but he would pull down a rebound and go coast to coast and dunk on everybody. And Knight won the ball, kicked out to the wing stake, started running probably some version of, um, was it, um, fast break or something like that. But he would pull it down and he's gone. But he was like, i never seen a guy move like that. But I just I, I he wouldn't fit the mold of the team. So, but uh, James Harden, James Harden. Let, let me let me pull up some statistics here. So hold up, you said AI, right? Yeah. Okay. No, nah, because I think I cut you off. That's why I wanted to make sure you got yours in. And you said what you said. Yeah, I said AI. Uh, Love Charles. AI changed the game. AI was another one that Gil said changed the game. What's going on, Rose? So what's your AI changing of the game? The dress code. The dress code, but that's off the court. On the court, the the style on the court, the uh uh the the the, the he he brought for lack of a better term, he brought street to the corporate NBA. Okay. He 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 brought what we did on the playgrounds to the NBA. And I, I, I always say that. Uh, however, don't get me wrong. I love the button-down wear suit to the game NBA. Like, my wife had to get me out of that mode because we would go out of town, and I was fresh to death, you know, button-up, soft bottoms, slacks, and a bag. She'd be like, where are you going? 
We going out of town. What do you mean? I traveled like a ball player. I traveled <laughs> like I was getting ready to catch a, a, a private flight. And that's how I did that. She bought me a suitcase, a three-piece suitcase set. Never had no suitcase in my life. You went somewhere, you you put everything in the bag. Right. You And what was it? The duffel bag had your name on it and your number on it. Or you had some sort of expensive bag. That was it. Man, married life would change you, boy. I got a toiletry bag. <laughs> I got all of that stuff now. I'm like, what is this? But AI changed it because, you, you know, he came into the league. He wasn't really about wearing those suits like that. Right. He was about wearing the the, 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 the sweatsuits and everything. He changed it, but then he got on the court. He brought that swagger from the street onto the court. And it was beautiful. And uh, Ross says, uh, AI changed the way the NBA looked, tats, attitude. He did things that other players couldn't do. That's true. That's that's a great point. That is you, it's like, you'll probably know this better than I will, but it's almost like after a couple of years of AI, you start noticing that when you create a player on like NBA 2K, you start getting tattoos that you could put on the players. Um, whereas before, and I don't know when when that started, and but I noticed that. And that's definitely part of AI's influence. I want to say that was NBA Live 2002 or three. But I, I always remember NBA Live 2004 because it was a crown of thorns tattoo. Right. Yep. Don't 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 mind my ashy ass elbow, but it went from here all the way up to here, and it was like a thorn bush. And I was like, yeah, I want that. <laughs> I want that. But as you can see, I didn't get it. So, but I think it was about then. But he changed the culture, for sure, for sure. Now, if you put that in the context of James Harden, what has James Harden done to change the game? Not saying that he has to or he's he needs to, but what has he done to change the game to act the way that he acts, where he holds teams hostage when it's time to go to camp? I think, and and this is going to be me. Um, kind of reaching that what I think about him having an impact on. I think he's more he's the the creator of the step back. That 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 two dribble, nah, cause I'm not talking about the regular just step back jumper. He's the inventor of the step back, step back. When you get that second hop in and on that it's a travel to us old school guys, but they allow them to do that cha cha slide when they step back. And he's kind of like the, the the king of that and brought that in um, in the style. You know, two hops right now. Everybody clap your hands. No, I mean, this is... No. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but that's him. I mean, that's where I feel like he his biggest influence is. And he's probably sparked some stuff in terms of ball handling and attacking one-on-one. Um, probably this little... Some teams call it 5-5. Five, five. Some call it one four, um, four one, whatever, five out. You know, some of that type of stuff is kind of based around the Harden influence. Even though, if you're old enough, um, you give some of that to Mike D'Antoni and the Phoenix Suns. But that's a story for another day and a dollar for another time. The thing with Harden, now you talked about the step back. Now, I thought. Before Harden started doing this two-step back, because that's what it is, a two-step back. 
And before he started doing that, I always thought that Paul Pierce had the prettiest step back. And yeah, right. I'm giving Paul Pierce love. Because Paul Pierce would come up, go through the leg, step back, and then shoot over top of you. And it was so quick, you didn't have time to react. Because if he got you on your heels and backed up, and you and you know, you backed up and he stepped back, he put enough space in between them, and that's why they called him the truth. Well, then, I mean, Paul Pierce would tell you that Paul Pierce is the best two guard in the NBA ever. So well, yeah, you know, he he has a overvaluation of his career, but you know, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is the greatest Boston Celtic. Is 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 Russell? There's Paul Pierce. Paul I'm Pierce, with you, dog. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying. But Paul Pierce wouldn't even make the floor if we did an all-time Celtics team. Paul Pierce would be at the end of the bench. I don't know. I'm gonna ask Paul Pierce because I don't think that's true. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be at the end of the bench. That that that's no no doubt. Um, but Harden, here we go again. He he forces his way out of he, he forces his way out of out of Oklahoma City. He forced his way out of Houston. He forced his way out of Brooklyn. Now he's forcing his way out of uh, Philly. It makes no 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 sense to me. Let's get to some of these comments. Uh, Ross says AI changed the way the NBA looked. Tats attitude. He did things. I think I read that one. Okay. Um, the view on being tatted changed when AI came into the league. He made it acceptable. That is true. Because how many players did you see with a bunch of tattoos? You maybe one or two. But that also comes with, um, like, the evolution of the game a little bit because the game became more reflective of us and not not so much of um, our brethren. You know, we started becoming more dominant, so our culture started to infuse and impose its will on the game a little bit more than before. That's true. You had less Craig Elos and – and mark prices and you you know so it started started that uh ross also, also says nothing to change the game that's hard nothing to change the game he's helped out the strip, strippers reach a new level well we're gonna judge harden on that then he might be my favorite player well because <laughs> there, there's a time during the 90s and the early 2000s that how it's it's like united Negro college fund and it may be me oh well I asked the Reverend if the strip club was cool. If my tips helped to send a pretty girl through school. <laughs> uh, the beard. GZDR for Ev? I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, the beard is one of, the, of Harden's influences. As far as the game, he creates a lot of and ones with those step backs. Yeah, he do. And he was famous for that. You are absolutely right. Because remember, he would do that step back pump fake and then jump into you and shoot. Right. They had to – him and Dwayne Wade used to kill me with that because they would always go to the line. You are absolutely right with that. He created a lot of and ones with that. And but and the crazy part is you saw the drop off in his game when they started cracking down on that. Well, you he had to change the game. Him and um, um, Ice – I'm gonna call him Ice Trey, and I know it's not his name. <laughs> Trey Young. Yeah. Mm, I, you know what? I, I don't know why, but I thought you was great. Call that boy Ice JJ Fish. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I don't even know why, man. I don't even know why. Uh, but 
pretty soon, as talented of a scorer as James Harden is, and I'm being ultra serious right now, as talented as a scorer as he is, pretty soon nobody's going to want to deal with his bullshit. I think I think we're already at that point. I just think there's a team or two that's going to take him, and that's it. It's almost like Kyrie. I mean, there's, I think, a team or two that will deal with him, and the rest, everybody else is like, yeah, I'm good. But let me ask you a question. Sure. You got Kyrie, you got Harden. I know everybody would say Kyrie is below Harden, okay? Not me, but I, I see Kyrie differently. What problems does Kyrie bring to the table? What problems did he create in Brooklyn, honestly? Um, I mean, of course he had the the controversy with the with the um what what is it called? The vaccine. So his vaccine situation was one thing. Let me stop um, you right here. Okay. In this country, you're allowed to believe what you want to believe. You're allowed to have your opinion. Your life, you can say what you want to say because that's what the admit that's what the constitution gives you. First Amendment right is freedom of speech. You can say what you want. So because he said something that he felt was his belief, that was a problem. I think not. Go on. Well, I think the problem was more so because he was missing games than anything else. His body so, is I understand that. I understand that. Um, I think the other issue for Kyrie in Brooklyn was the the nomination of movie choices for for the world and how that got taken and here's the crazy part about that because that begot a suspension where he also started to miss time again yes so like, those are the things that you know kind of stick out here's the crazy part about it now i'm looking this up on uh on wikipedia when I typed it in, it's called Hebrew to Negroes Wake Up Black America. It says anti-Semitic film. If the film is so anti-Semitic, and he said, go check this film out, judge for yourself. He didn't say, oh, I'm promoting this film. Everybody tried to say, tried to run with it and say he was promoting the film and all. He said, go check it out and tell me what you think. For Joseph side to make him go through these hoops to come back to the team about an opinion about a movie. If the movie was so goddamn bad, why is it still up on Amazon? Why did it go from being $2.99 on Amazon Prime to $42.99 on Amazon Prime if it was so bad? I mean, I, if somebody got an answer, I'll wait. All right, so what's the next? What's, what you got? Because I ain't got an answer for that. Oh, well, I'm sorry. It's on Tubi as well. So it's on different. Oh, who said that? Who said that? That's what uh Xavier said. Oh, okay. I thought it was the other one. I'm sorry. No, nah. <laughs> you know, you know, you already know. <laughs> you know, it was Dario. Yeah, uh, that's that's different. Uh but now here's the crazy part. This was a book long before it was a movie. So how you that's another thing how do you come at Kyrie about something that's been shown in movie theaters shown on Amazon Prime and everything else but you never check out the film in the first place I, I just I don't see Kyrie as the problem I see because he said something about something that nobody agrees with if you don't agree with him fine 
He said the earth was flat. Everybody wanted to argue about that. What is there to argue about? If he believes it, let him believe it. If you don't believe it, let him believe it. Not even going to go down there. Uh, we all know what the answer is. Yes, Ross, we do. The earth is flat. Yes. Uh, I would take Harden over Ja as far as teams dealing with BS. Hard's not getting arrested or doing bad stuff off the court. That is true. That, that I got a point. That's two. If we keep the count, that's two valid and hardcore concrete facts. That's already two. That's, 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 that's an opinion. It's not a fact. But Hard's not getting in trouble off court. He's not doing anything stupid. Yeah, he goes to the strip club, but you don't see him in the strip club and fights breaking out and people getting shot at and he eats oh well, James Harden was involved in the shootout. Nah, you see him going in there making it rain, throwing a party, doing what he do, but you know that's him. And he okay. still comes out and gives you 30 a night. And Ja waves his gun in the video and comes out and then he's suspended. I'm sorry, never mind. Oh, it, it, it was it was it wasn't a real gun, it was a uh it yeah, was, it was a light. gun. It was a lighter. Sure it was. But you feel mm, I'm not going to preach in wormhole central today right now. I'm, I'm not going to preach tonight. Let's move on to some MLB news. Uh, Midnight Rider sent me this, of course. Um, Baltimore's in first place, and the Nats go to a six-man rotation. Uh, before we go into Baltimore, um, this is crazy. I think this is the first time Baltimore been atop the AL East in 20 years. Oh, I don't know if it's that long. But um, this thing about Baltimore, I think I think the thing about Baltimore was it's just the fact that where they where they came from, and the fact that they tanked a whole bunch and um they got the right guy, the right GM, to fix this problem and set them up. Because right now, Baltimore is dealing from a strength. Baltimore has a bunch of college guys um in their farm system that can hit the baseball, and if if Baltimore can be as dangerous as they want to be. Their problem is they just don't have enough spots for the guys they got to, to actually make it to the major league roster. So some of these guys are going to be sitting on the pond, you know, playing once or twice a week as opposed to being starters. That's the crazy part. The other part is you got to start trading off some of these pieces to solidify that starting um, pitching because you got you have everything else. Everything else is in place. If Baltimore doesn't add one or two starters through um, – through free agency or through a trade, they're doing it wrong. True. And they have this innate ability to develop guys that pitch seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Young fellow, I think his name was Felix Batista. Filthy. Just filthy. And so it's just gonna be an interesting thing. And 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 we gotta burn this tape. Because if my best friend sees this tape, oh my God. Woo! We might not have this episode online for you folks. <laughs> I, I'll say this about Baltimore. Uh, this past Saturday was the 20th anniversary of the passing of my godmother. And that my great aunt is my grandfather's sister. She was my godmother, my aunt, provider, protector, caregiver, all that. And she taught me the game of baseball. And I had to sit there and laugh to myself 
to find some sort of peace. And I had to laugh. I said, you know, it's crazy. She always used to tell me the worst thing I ever did. The only mistake I ever made was you becoming a Yankee fan. And we would go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I, I said, you know, it's crazy because here we are. Orioles up here, Yankees down here. And I said, I know wherever she's at, whatever part of heaven she's in, she's loving that. Because she hated the Yankees with a passion. And I I can't I can't do nothing about that. I can't say nothing, but I hey man, I, I saw actually even before Jeter came, I, I started leaning towards the Yankees and then I seen Jeter. And that was it. Greatest shortstop of all time. Go ahead. I would like to make this note in this part of the show that I did not bring up the fact that the Yankees were in last place. You did not. Okay. I did because right. I'm, I'm I'm willing. To I, I just want the record to reflect it. I want you know if if somebody's taking notes, I want that in the notes that the Midnight Rider did not bring this up. Okay. Okay. Now you said the Nationals going to a six-man rotation. Right. And they, so they've also just uh, activated uh, Hunter Harvey, right, off the DL, off the injury list, and option Joe Lasorso, Lasorca, something like that. Yeah, the AAA Rochester. So right. hit me off. Six man rotation. So, so I'm mad at myself because I had this thought like a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago, right before they did it, because I saw um, Jose Adon. Um, start a game, and I'm like, they got to be doing this now. They got to be going to a six-man rotation, and the point of a six-man rotation is when you have young guys who haven't pitched um, a lot of innings in their career, this is a way to kind of give them more rest time between starts, so that way, and they're starting less. So, like, let's take a five-man rotation in a 40-game stretch. You're starting eight times. Well, in a six-man rotation, you're starting six times you know, and maybe a half, depending on what part of the rotation you hit in that 40 games. So what that does is it gives you some time to A, um, rest. B, it limits your innings um, that you're pitching on a regular basis. So this kind of gives you the, the, the little flexibility to play with it. And then you also know that, like, we're getting to a point where maybe Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore, since they've pitched more innings this season than they've ever pitched, um, we're going to be at a point where – they may need some rest or may need to relax some because they're being overworked. And what you don't want is for them to get injured this late in the season um, and then have to rehab all off season. KG? Yes, sir. Um, if you look, I think the last 31 games, like the Nats are like 19 and 12, um, and they're even – I think in that stretch, they're either the second or third best um, team in the National League during that stretch of 31 games. You don't got to look it up, but that's kind of what they've been doing lately. And they they have a murderer's row coming up. They have the Red Sox. They have the Marlins, who they can't beat for some reason. Um, Who else do they have coming up? Toronto. They've got a couple series coming up. Say that again? Don't say that too loud about who, uh, the Nats not been, being able to beat, uh, you said the Marlins? They can't. 
Yeah, don't say that too loud because that's going to get you taken off the air and suspended by Peter Angelos. Please don't do that. You know, he don't like when you talk bad about teams and stuff. And you're not even talking about Baltimore. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, they're they're at a spot where um, these next two or three series could kind of define this team. And if they can find some, some things where, you know, they get the starters healthy and back up and running – um, maybe this extra rest of help. Maybe it won't. Maybe this time with a dawn up here. Maybe he go. Maybe he pitches to his potential more than anything else. He had that. Was it, he perfect through six and two thirds? Um, in one of his starts, uh, his first start, and his last start, he was decent. But I mean, there's there's just enough things that keep you thinking this team can possibly be dangerous or even be ahead of schedule come next year maybe they're doing what baltimore is doing right now let me ask you a question and this is a long shot if you don't have an answer i'm cool with that but it's a long shot do you think we could see like 68 mets type of comeback because they're 23 and a half games behind the braves in the nl east braves on um, their their best bet would be trying to sneak in and steal the whatever the last wild card spot is. That would be their version of the Mets um, getting in the playoffs. Uh, they 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 won't be any better than that. Uh, I just don't know where. I mean, you've got Lane Thomas hitting above his pay grade a little bit. Uh, you've got the kid C.J. Abrams playing great shortstop and giving you stuff. Um, this team doesn't quit. It's, it's amazing how many um, late-inning comebacks they have. Uh, their only issue right now is they just got to score. If they scored early or if they had somebody that was bopping the baseball over the wall, um, on like if they had a 27, 28 home run hitter and guy right now in that lineup instead of a bunch of 14 and 15 home run guys, this team would be different. They would be uh, They would be – um, above 500 if they had that, but they don't, and that's just what's killing them right now. It's it's a it's a lo- it's a it's a war for them to score runs. They have to they have to get three hits to get a run. Now I looked it up, and you're you're absolutely right. They are nine and a half games out of the wild card. So at 53 and 66, and they on a three game win streak in their last 10. They're seven and three. And I'm looking at everybody above them. Uh, St. Louis is right above them. Two game win streak, but they're five and five. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates lost two straight. They're four and six in their last 10. Mets, uh, four and six. They won their last two. The Padres are two and eight in their last 10, lost three. Arizona, two and eight in the last 10. Three and seven for Cincy. Six and four for Chicago, the Cubs. Everybody in this wild card race, Colorado's behind the, uh, the the Nationals. They're three and seven in their last ten. Everybody else is either two games for the Cubs above five hundred. I mean, in their last ten, above uh, five hundred, at five hundred, or below five hundred. The Nationals have the best record in the last ten games out of all the wild card participants. Well, the problem for I mean for Washington is going to be. This stretch coming up, 
because I think there's a Yankees game, a Yankees set in this stretch. I think they play the Phillies um, for two at home and then one up in um, what a Little League World Series is. Uh, so they've got a stretch that I don't know. That's That really is going to find them because if they can come out of that smelling like roses, they may have a chance. Um, I'm not – I mean, it's, it's kind of like the Lloyd Christmas. So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, that's about as best as, as I can say on that. I can't – I'm definitely not going to jump out on them and be like, yeah, they can make this run because they just don't have enough time. Nine games in 40-game stretch or I think it's about 40 games for them to finish out the season. That's tough. That's a tough haul. That's asking a lot. That's true. Like You got to get a lot of things to fall your way. Um, this is almost has to be that if I had to equate it to a football section, it would have to be the run that Ty Willingham made with Carlisle Holiday. Um, and they were like 10 and one that season. I mean, that season, everything went their way. I mean, I'm talking about fumbles bounce back to them, um, fumbles bounce away from people. Uh, I think they led the league in like the least amount of turnovers. It was it was like the perfect storm, and that's what would have to happen in this stretch, or it would have to be almost similar to like the Oakland A's when they went on that twenty-one game um, run in the Billy Bean movie, you know, the real life version of it, and that's how they got in the playoffs that year. That they've they've got to have some kind of miraculous streak, I think, for them to even get into to that consideration. That's why I brought up the sixty-eight Mets. Because that's the first thing that came to my mind. Is it enough time for us to have a miracle in Washington? And I don't think so. Sorry, uh, Ross, Ross. Say, where the hell is Ty Willingham? <laughs> I think he's on a couch somewhere watching TV and eating Fruit Loops. I think he collected his money though. I know he got paid from Washington. He got paid from Notre Dame. I think he had TV money too. So he he, he got some bread. I, I really wish they wouldn't have never let him go in uh in South Bend. That was my dude, man. That was my dude. It was time for him. But everybody said that he didn't win. He won with Bob was Bob Davies kids. Yeah. And oh, it's not his. It's not you know that's not him winning. You know he doesn't have a recruiting class. And I hate when they do that. Yeah, but they only do that with certain coaches and certain times. It's it's always when it's convenient because oh, of course you don't ever hear like like Harbaugh won with uh what was the guy before him um God I can't I see his face and I can't think of his name um maybe it was Lloyd something but whatever the coach before Lloyd Carr maybe I think is the coach that coached Michigan before Jim Harbaugh and they would never say Harbaugh won with his talent just what that that's true. That is absolutely true, and I, I hate that narrative. I just, just to be honest. Um, let's switch gears real quick. We're gonna talk some commanders, so let's do it right. Oh, left hand up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Had the whole crowd screaming. Oh, we want Who are we? The commanders. 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 Left hand up. Who are we? The 
I had to let that play for a second. I had to let that play. So when do, we, when do we do the 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 the, the um, interview? The sit down with DJ O Goody Woody. You know what? I got to send that out because I've been telling him for the longest before, even before Command Time. He got two new, three new songs out now. Even before all of that came out, I've been trying to get a hold. Of, well, I've been supposed to get a hold of him. I've been dropping the ball. Because I've been trying to rush and do shows, so that's on me. But it's coming. It's coming. Well, maybe we try to get him on before week one. And uh, yeah, he, yeah. And Ross said he ordered his left hand up shirt, so that's that's great. I'm glad to hear that, Ross. Thank you, Ross. We know one person that's not a big fan of it. You guys hate the narrative of winning with another coach's players, but tell me Steve Kerr didn't win Mark Jackson. Well, we say that all the time. We say that all the time because but here's the difference. Steve Kerr gives credit to Mark Jackson. When they talk about the defense that uh, 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 the defense that um, the Warriors play, he always says, no, Mark Jackson told him that. Mark told him that. And I'm like, I love that. You don't see that too often where the new coach gives the old coach credit. So that's why I love Steve Kerr. Stephen Douglas Kerr. But there's also the facet of the national narrative will talk that more so than the local narrative, more than like guys like us. Like the national narrative will tell you in certain occasions that this coach won with this team's players based on either some affiliation or relationship with an agent of the previous coach. So they will try to give him that credit when he's walking out the door. You know, there's a lot of times when these coaches walk in and they do have cabinets full of talent, and the problem is they just didn't have a quarterback. I mean, we can talk about Tony Dungy leaving Tampa Bay and Gruden winning with um, with his team. I mean, there's we have these options and these narratives out there. And it's funny how some of them don't get picked up nationally and some of them do. You know, and we talk about narratives before, but that might be something we, we talk about again later on. It's just, like, how narratives – changed our outlook on players and people and teams. That's true. And we've talked about Dungy. Dungy and Gruden. I say Gruden wouldn't wouldn't be the guru he is today if it wasn't for him taking over in Tampa Bay. Uh, he, he, he got Gannon the MVP. And I remember when Gannon was here and Gannon couldn't throw a fit. And somehow he was throwing that ball around the yard. So I, I don't know about that one. Sluggo scene. Pump the sluggo, go backside all day long. I understand, but it was just. Mm. And Raw say uh, the rooster. Come on, show up there. I take it. Uh, I got Chris Russell doesn't like left hand up. So so he told me he, he likes it. And because we I had to check in on him because Ross was doing some. um sideline reporting for me so we got to have a conversation we might have to put the roots under um under a lot of tech and see what's, what's the real real thought process on that um but he was kind of hedging his bets and back walking moonwalking when i talked to him so we'll see what happened 
see what's going on with that. But today was an interesting day. Um, I don't know how much you got, um, Ross, how much you got, if you got a chance to see it. And if you didn't watch the scrimmage today and you're a Commanders or a Ravens fan, um, Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens website or their, um, well, it's their website. The Baltimore Ravens website carries the video of the scrimmage live. So if you're looking for a way to watch this um, practice section that's going on between the Ravens and the Commanders, uh, you want to tomorrow morning at 9.30, log in to or go on to the Ravens website. Um, it should be a live feed because that's where I think I got it. Um, there's going to be a couple commercials here and there because, of course, you got to pay the bills. But it's a, it's a good feed. You're probably going to get, just so you're prepared, you're probably going to get the Ravens offense most of the time. Um, whether it's the Ravens offense, the Ravens doing seven on sevens, and their offense is on the field. You're going to get more of that than anything else. And that's understandable because it's the Ravens broadcast. So, and the way this scrimmage is set up and, and set up, it's set up where they have three fields. And every now and then, you'll get the commander's offense and they'll show you the Ravens defense playing against them. Um, but if I had to guess the amount of time that I saw Washington's offense on, on the screen, it was probably like 25%. If if that we saw Justin Tucker do his kicks in the middle of practice when they took a little quick break. Um, and actually the coverage was pretty decent. And I think for me it worked because I was listening to um B Mitch and Finley, and they were kind of they were there and they were kind of giving them not a play-by-play, but they gave enough information that they weren't giving away plays and giving away information. So they they just kind of went along with the audio and it was on a little delay uh them talking in the in the video that I was watching but still uh it made for a great watch it made something like a practice um have get legs and kind of feed your optimism a little bit and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about in this section is like we know the obvious answer there's one answer to this question of what's feeding your optimism for the commanders this season. And everybody knows the one answer in this room is the fact that you have a new owner. You don't have Dan Slider running things. I posted a picture on my personal page just for the fact that when I went to Wikipedia and looked up the Washington commanders where it said owner, it said um, Josh Harris. And for me, that, that was just like a seminal moment. Like it's like, it's, it's over um, ding dong, the witch is dead, uh, whatever you want to call it. It was party time. But for me, I also know there's more right now in this moment that's fueling the optimism for me when it comes to this ball club. So KG and I kind of kicked this around in the, in the thing, and we kind of want to know, like, what's for you, um, if you're a Commanders fan, so definitely Ross, we want your feedback. Um, anybody else that's on here that's a Commanders fan, like, what's fueling your optimism right now outside of the Dan Snyder being gone scenario? I don't know if you want to go first on this or if you want me to continue. But how do you want to, how we want to take care of this? Let me, let me, let me jump in here. Okay. I'll tell you what's fueling my optimism. We got some dogs, and it's the players from Scary Terry 
to Brian Robinson. I, I'm even high on Sam Howell because I've seen a couple throws he's made. But practicing live bullets are two totally different things. But that defense, I just envision so much nastiness in that defense. That's what's doing it. You know, I'm a I'm a lover of defense. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If we can, I'm not saying we're gonna be 85 Bears, 2,000 Ravens. You know, probably two of the greatest defenses of all time. We're not gonna be the monsters of the midway type, but I think we're gonna be a defense that's gonna be well respected and game planned against. That's what's got my optimism up right there, because. They're, they're, they're keeping players for longer. They're paying the players a fair amount to keep them happy, but you're not breaking the bank to the point where you can't sign anybody else. So that the way the, 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 the office is being ran, I love the coaching staff, of course. Even though we had the little squabble about Eric Bieniemy, I love this coaching staff. Only – the weakest point on this coaching staff right now, and I got him penciled in this weakest, and that is Jack Del Rio. If he shows me nothing this season, he has to go. Okay. So fueling my optimism, one is um, one Samuel, Bartholomew, Ezekiel, how um, – Man from North Carolina, I can't. I, I mean, I wish I could pull up the tweet. I mean, the the Facebook thing, but I think I had him as my second quarterback behind Malik Willis um, after the combine after they made their throws. Because I'm a I'm a sucker for an arm. Now Malik Willis has shown us that he's going to struggle to be an effective passer in the NFL. But like there are times when I watch Sam Howell in in the preseason game in the um, game against Dallas. Like it's just like it comes easy and natural to him, and I think the reason to fuse my optimism is because the last five six years since Kirk has been gone, this team has resorted to um, quarterbacks that were other people's problems, or they were journeymen, and I feel like now having a quarterback that could quite possibly be our future. So like going into next year, if if Sam shows something. You know, maybe next year in the first round, you're not moving picks to get a player. You might move a pick because you're getting – I mean, might get a pick because you got to move or figure out what you're doing with Montez and Chase um, if you're splitting that up. You know, you're you're going to gain a chance to maybe draft premium left tackle or premium guard, whatever it is, to make this team that much better. And, and I heard Sadiq Charles played great today, but if you can get a little bit better than that, that's that's a plus. You know what I'm saying? If you can get a guy that's going to be there for 10 years, you know, I thought one of the things we wasted was the Chris Samuels and John Jansen era because you had two great tackles, but between the two guards and the center, it wasn't much there. And I just I just wish that they had done something better then. And this team went almost – I think they've gone 10 years without drafting an offensive lineman in the first – well, not 10 years. Whenever Sheriff got drafted, he was the last lineman they took in the first round. So maybe it was 10 years ago, but that's that's the issue. This team hasn't invested good enough or enough on both sides of the ball through the lines. And I think that's what we watch our um, competitors do. But, again, having the young hope and having the thoughts of, you know what, maybe we get the answer here 
And if we don't get the answer here, well, we know we're going to get the answer next year because we're going to draft the quarterback and how's going to be the backup. So now you have two quarterbacks that with that can possibly give you above average quarterback play, <coughs> even average quarterback play, because this team hasn't had average quarterback play. I think our quarterbacks last last year, they were like 39th and 30th in terms of QBR. If we can get somebody with 15 QBR, 20, I mean, in the top 15 or in the top 20, it changes the whole dynamic. So I think for me, that's what fuels the optimism is we have a chance to catch lightning in the bottle with a kid that we drafted in the fifth round. Maybe we get this right. I got. I see nothing wrong there. Uh, Ross says uh, the new ownership is huge. The team is being ran by adults that have an idea what to do to fix what's needed. Our offense is not vanilla. This may be the most talented team depth-wise that uh, they've had. Sam Howell has looked like he could be the guy, and I agree with that. I agree. And uh, go back to a previous comment about what we were talking about. Uh, do you think the Celtics are still uh, Emmy Udoka's squad, or once they got rid of Marcus Smart, that ended? I think that ended. Once they got rid of Smart and everything, I don't. I don't. Right. I mean, they did the same thing with him that they did. I mean, they did the same thing without him that they did with him. No, nah, they got to the finals the year before. They did, but he was still the coach. So, so Missoula, I think, I think if Missoula gotten them into the finals or got any kind of accomplishment with that team beyond that, like winning the finals, praise God that they didn't. But. um then we would hear we would hear the conversations that this was Ma's team. Or you know, he he didn't do any coaching because they were just living off of what Ma showed them. I mean, that's that's always the narrative. Always. Uh, we got another commanders question. Well, not commanders, but we got another NFL question. What team are you excited about outside of DC? So, I was kicking this around because it's fantasy football season. And um, do we still have openings in the league or no? We uh, let, me, let, let me double check. Let me double check. Because I don't know if Ross is in the league or not. Ross, yeah. Ross okay. got his spot. All right. I don't know if Eric and a couple other people got their spot because. We got three open. Okay. We got three open spots. and I still I got the best team name. To infinity and Bijan. There it is, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get Sco- back to it. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Scoot Tangibles. Scoot Tangibles is tough. It's tough. It's tough. Cream, cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. I think he, but he got to put the dots in. I don't know if he can't. He got to put the dots in to make it, make it, like, give it the full effect. Uh, Dak to the Future is a good one, too. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so zappy to see you. Yeah, but you know the 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 twenty twenty two champion has the best name, and that's the Midnight Marauders. We'll see. If if you don't know, if you're not old enough to know about the Midnight Marauders, probably one of the greatest albums I ever listened to that set my soul on fire. But we'll get into that later. All right. So, is what team? And see this. What this has changed now. Just because of one move, um, I was going to say and buy into the HBO hype 
and say the New York Jets. But because my man Brees Hall is probably going to be pushed down the depth chart or have to share carries, I don't like that. Because with him, and then they had Michael Carter, they must be down on Carter. Because the last two years, they brought in running backs. Uh, they brought in James Robinson, and then they played their third down back a little bit over um, Michael Carter from North Carolina, who shared the same backfield with Sam Howell. But for some reason, he's not getting the love that I thought he would get. Um so I was excited about them, but then the Dalvin Cook sign, it kind of took away some of it because I don't know how long Dalvin's going to play. So my new team that I'm most excited for outside of the Washington, D.C. area. The Detroit Lions. Okay. Girl, don't do that, boy. See, 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 you don't know. Because this is, I, I, I like to hate on the lines. No, it's all good. It's all good. See, the lines did, did a couple things. Say, so, so I don't know why they traded TJ Hawkinson um, mid season last year, but they got some picks for him, whatever. But then That's they were like, true. they were like, we had luck with an Iowa tight end. But let's not go, let's go back to Iowa and get a tight end. So they drafted a kid named Sam Lookwater. Drafted a linebacker named, I think his name is Jack Campbell. But then they stole it, even though it was too early. Jameer Gibbs, I'm telling you right now, he is a factor back. If you ever watch Merrill Hodge and them on that show on Sunday mornings, he's a factor back. And Jameer Gibbs is going to be a matchup nightmare, especially in this NFL. And, and there's two running backs that I'm high on. And I know KG knows who number one is that came out of college, played at Texas. B. John Robinson. There it is. That's number one. Number two, Jameer Gibbs. And the third running back I'm happy to see, or I can't wait to see, and I just don't know how it's going to play out in Chicago, is Roxon Johnson, the backup running back at Texas. That probably would have been a top, top two, three pick or a top two, three round pick if he wasn't in Texas playing behind B. John. But, yeah, Jameer Gibbs is going to be a matchup nightmare, and I think he's going to help golf get to another level that we've never seen golf get to. And then once old, um, old Pete Rose, a.k.a. James Son Williams, gets off his six-game um, suspension, you add that with um, Amron St. Brown, like Detroit's going to have an offense. Now, I don't know what the defense is going to do. I don't know what the defense is going to do. It might be old school San Diego Chargers and it's a bunch of shootouts with the old days with Dan Marino. But Dan Marino had a defense. Dan Marino lacked a running game. Well, that's because you, you went with Sammy Smith. Um Sam was it Sammy was it Sammy Smith, dude from Florida State? Not not Sammy. It was uh was it Lamar Smith? No, that's another one. That's the other Smith. They had two Smiths. They had Bobby Humphrey. Um Shoot, Bobby Humphrey played in uh, in Denver too. Right. That's so he left Denver and went to Miami. So they called uh, the back in Bobby Humphrey, his career. They, they brought in um Cecil to Diesel Collins late in his career. Late Another, in his career. Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. They did terrible by Marino when it came to the running game. But and what's crazy is not to really jump off subject, what's crazy is Don Shula's offense was always predicated on a strong running game. The Zonkas, the Kicks, the Mercury Morris. 
but he never he never fabricated that again with when Marino, because it became Duper and Clayton. Yeah, the Monk brothers. Yeah. No, shout out to my man Jimmy Cephalo. He had Keith Jackson at tight end for a little bit. Right. Uh, right, we about, about, about to throw some about to throw people off right now. They, 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 they your had, mind in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> we will pull some names out of the hat. <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that off air. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Ross said he's looking forward to Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Uh, Bears. Yeah, Atlanta's, on- Atlanta's number three on my list because you know I talked about them a lot last year. Yeah, and our, our, our early season breakdowns. And you know what? Let me backtrack because we gotta go. I don't want to go back a whole segment, but thanks to um GZ Doctor for Ev, or however you want to say that. Um, he brought up the commanders. If you are the commanders, do you bring in a veteran backup for how like a Jameis or Cam Newton, or is it better he isn't looking over his shoulder? I think you have the perfect backup in Brissett. Like Brissett, we know what he is, but we know his ceiling is I think his ceiling is eight wins. I tell people this all the time. Like, there was a there's a difference between when the quarterbacks, the floor and the ceiling. And if there's a great difference between that floor and the ceiling, then sometimes you have to go with the steadier person. I think Sam's ceiling can get you ten wins, but it could also get you four losses. I mean, four wins. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, his floor can get you four wins. Whereas if with Jacoby, I think Jacoby's floor is six wins, and his ceiling is eight. And I think that's the that's where the fact that you have to take this chance on Sam, uh, it doesn't. It's just almost like, and I know you want to hit me when I say this, but it's it's back to the Adrian Peterson argument. Like we kind of knew what AP at thirty seven or whatever it was when he was here. We know what that ceiling is, but you got a kid in Gibson where you can gain, you can get a bigger push. And if you get him in the right direction, maybe not year one, he's better than AP, but he can be better. Then the current AP, we're not talking about 05 AP or off the injury AP, but and you get better dividends off of that player. And that's where that's where it is. It's like sometimes you gotta sacrifice a little bit of right now for the possible of what the future could bring. And I think that's what they're doing. And I think they know for a fact that if Howe falls in his face, he can still be your number two in the worst case scenario, and you're drafting the kid one next year. And next year's class is going to have enough quarterbacks in it. Like I was doing a mock draft the other day, and like quarterbacks just kept falling out of the sky. Um, you know, I'll, I'll you know what on the page I'll give you my top five, and then I'll give you like my honorable mentions on the um, sideline junkies. I put it in the chat, which last night we had an interesting chat talking about the top five corners. Um, and if you again, if you haven't joined the page. Uh, we got a chat on the page, and we we just throw things out there because we want to always engage people. And we always want to create conversation. So that's that's my shameless plug. Hey, ain't shameless at all. Promoting the brand. Uh, outside of outside of DC, I guess that means that that's outside of the city of DC, outside of the state of Maryland. So I, I'm always a big proponent of Baltimore doing well. But if I have to pick a team outside of DC and no, outside- no, 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 if you if that's who you think it is, you can go Baltimore. I'm always it's always Baltimore for me. But I, I I'm looking forward to uh 
I'm looking forward to seeing what Philly does. Okay. See if they kind of build on that, even though that's a, a in-division rival. I'm looking forward to see what they can do, if they're hungover, if they can, you know, put things together. But I'm also looking at Dallas, too. Now, I'm not optimistic about Dallas. I'm just waiting for the bottom to fall out when it comes to Dallas. I'm waiting for everything to be running and that that, that bandwagon get the chugging along, and then I'm waiting for them wheels to just fall right off. So I can say, ah, I told you so, you haven't arrived yet. You think you have, but you haven't arrived yet. And I've been saying that for the last five years. You have not arrived yet. Um, and you said something about AP. We had a whole argument on this show. Yeah. When AP was here about re-signing AP and B was like, you don't need them. Get them young guys. I said, man, you don't have anybody better at that position right now. You take what you can get. Let him run. You find out what's better. Yeah, but I mean, I I, I didn't want to put it all on the shoulders of a rookie, but I think that was Ron's first year. They wanted the pony backs. They wanted the 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 Jared Pattersons and the 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 uh what's his name um JD McKissick. McKissick and 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 Gibson. They wanted those guys. They wanted the pony backs. And I'm like, okay, it worked out. Yes, did I want to see AP go down like that and you know get cut here? No, <laughs> but business is business. So, uh, and I, I agree with I'm not bringing in another veteran. I think Jacoby Brissett is the best thing you got as far as veteran quarterbacks because I don't want Howell looking over his shoulder. I don't want him playing scared, you know. And I, and let's be honest, because he brought up a name, Cam Newton. Cam Cam Newton's time is done. Damn. Ooh, so, so let's damn. Not let him enjoy his new podcast or whatever he's doing with his smoker jacket and his hat and whatever else he got going on. That's Cam's future right there. So we're going to bring in Kaepernick? For what? Can he, can he hand out towels? If he can hand out towels, sure. Backup. Nah. For what? No, like, no. Like backup? So it's like when the equipment truck comes, he backs it up in the parking lot or something? Like what are we talking no, about? You, here, you you said Cam's done, and I'm like, okay, you know. Kaepernick is done, done. Kaepernick was done. When he took the money. I'm sorry. Uh, this has been the best QB room has been in many years. I agree with that. I think this has been the best QB room in the last nine years. Uh, nine I, years. I, I get. I, I give the Alex Gruden season. No. No, Kirk's Kirk's time. The QB room is better because you had Kirk throwing for four thousand yards. Um, but well, you got, you but got hold on, hold on. I'm thinking about the room. No, on, the only bad part about this room. I'm sorry, I don't know anybody else, but Jake from State Farm got to go somewhere. He can go to the State Farm and get an actual job, so that way it makes more sense when he says Jake from and then it says State Farm. But no, we need a back. Actually, that's what I was looking at today. I, that thought crossed my mind. I was like, when this is over, I think whoever loses the battle between Anthony Brown Jr. and um, Josh Johnson in Baltimore, because they're only going to carry three quarterbacks. They can't carry four. Because they didn't they sign their pro bowler from last year, Snoop? Yep. So if Snoop's there, you got Lamar, 
Um, you can't get rid of a pro bowler. I'm being very facetious when I say this. Um, but Pro Bowl Snoop and then Lamar Jackson, um, I think there's a battle between those two. And I think the loser of those, that battle should come here and take Jake Fromm's spot. Jake Fromm looks terrible. Every time I saw him today, I didn't know whether I should just throw up right there in the spot or or cover my eyes and just hope for the best. He went to Georgia, right? Yes, he did. Georgia. He was the quarterback that kept Justin Fields off the field somehow. But that's only because that was a veteran team and the veterans would have struggled to, to accept the rookie. That's, True. that's the only thing I can think of. And that's not even a good good thought process because when, when Fields got on the field, he showed out. And uh, I, I, the reason why I say in nine years because you had Kurt, RG3, and Colt in one quarterback room. And Colt, he may not have been the most nimble, best quarterback, but when he came in cold, he made things happen. I didn't like him starting. I liked, I preferred him coming in cold because he moved the ball coming in cold. But we had three quarterbacks that could actually sling the rock and move things. But that's just my opinion. So uh, we already had a minute nine, so let's – I'm in an hour now, so let's go ahead and run this thing up. We previewed this uh, the other night. We were talking about 50 Years of Hip Hop. They released a top 10. I think it's done by Vibe and somebody else. Let me pull this up. Top 10 rappers of all time. Hold on. We got a comment. Uh, Raw says, Fron will be gone when cuts are made. The two Baltimore QBs will be a good choice. Hell, if we can get Josh Johnson back, I'll take him too. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You uh, want to put the graphic up? Which graphic? The graphic I mean, with the, the the ten rappers they have as the greatest ten. I didn't even I didn't even load it in. I was gonna. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't load it in, but I was just gonna read them off. Go ahead. And, uh, where the hell is it at? Oh, here we go. Top fifty greatest rappers of all time. Here's your top ten. Number 10, Nicki Minaj. Number 9, Snoop Dogg. Number 8, Drake. Number 7, Lil Wayne. Number 6, Biggie Smalls. Number 5, Eminem. Number 4, Tupac Shakur. Number 3, Nas. Number 2, Kendrick Lamar. And number 1 is Jay-Z. And this is done by Billboard and Vibe. <laughs> and Eric Wheeler said, uh, rest in peace, Melly Mill. <laughs> Rolled on the floor, laughed my ass off. Yeah. Now, I got it. I got my own opinions on this top 10. And it seems like they didn't pick anybody pre-93. On purpose. On purpose. But you have to also look at when they put these top 10 lists out. You have to look at who's doing the top 10 listing. And I agree with you, Eric Willard. The list, this list was trash starting at 10. Anytime that you got Nicki Minaj at 10, but you have her over, and we just talking female rappers. You got her over MC Light? No. Roxanne Shante? No. Uh, uh, Queen Latifah? Hell no. You got her over Rod Digger? Fuck ass no. So... Who 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 was the the maker of this? 
is billboard and vibe and vibe and more than likely what they did we're was, not on that staff anymore so okay that's one there's one two that whole selection committee is probably under 30 to under 40. i'm gonna say it that way under 40. i'm gonna be nice to them and say they're all under 40. the other part of this is those two magazines their audience isn't us so so they're not gonna give you big daddy kane or anybody like that they're not giving you any of that this list is made and intended for this generation or the the generation after us and 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 more so it's not it's not catered to us so that's why you got you have um nikki at 10 because for some people nikki is 10. nikki's nikki is somebody's hear me out nikki is somebody's greatest female rapper and that's not in our age group but the age group that's probably from 20 to 20 to 30. that might be their greatest because they grew up on her. They probably don't even know who Little Kim is. They probably don't even know who Charlie Baltimore is. They don't know who any Rod Digger. They have no clue. The only reason they know who Remy Ma is because she's on um, the Housewives of Hip Hop or Atlanta, whatever. So that's that's what it is. Let me- right. I always tell you this. When we get to these lists, there there's not a historian named KG in the room with everybody else. Let, let, let me put it to everybody this way. When you talk about this list, you got Jay-Z number one. I don't understand how you can have Jay-Z number one when Jay-Z's flow, if you're old enough to remember, who was Jay-Z was the hype man for another artist that he got his flow from. One of the greatest lyricists of all time, and that is Big Daddy Kane. That's where, 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 where Jay-Z got his flow from. I'm not putting Jay-Z above the teaching, number one. You still got KRS-One. You still got Rock Him. Again, I'm gonna go back to the beginning of this the statement I made to you. Billboard and vibe. And there's a place where KRS one and all these guys don't live on, and it's on any billboard chart yeah. or any vibe chart, especially now. Yes. But here's the thing. Can you imagine what BT's top ten would be? It'd be even worse. Exactly. Wait, here's the thing. I love Kendrick Lamar. Am I putting Kendrick Lamar above a lot of these guys? No, I can't because I can't put Kendrick Lamar ahead of a dude that changed everybody's style of rap. And that's what Rakim did. Rakim changed everybody's style of rap because he started to ride the beat. Everybody else just kind of rhymed. He rode the beat. You 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 don't have Andre 3000 in the top 10? Like, really? Come <sighs> on, keep going. I, I can keep. I can go all night. Oh, because I, I got different categories. But when it like, I never forget this. Keefe from the block. He was talking to him this morning in the chat. He says Lil Wayne is the greatest rapper of all time. I said I can name nineteen rappers better. Ice T, one of the greatest storytellers of our generation. I got him better than Wayne because that's where it came from. That gutter gangster shit. That's where it started. Ice Cube. Like, hell, MC Ren. Mm, Ren's not in the top 10. No, nah, he's not in top 10. But he, I, he, if, if he was a power forward, he'd be Terry Cummins. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
we'll get to that later. Let's get to these comments though. They got Nikki over Lil Kim and Lauren Hill. It's a travesty. Uh, that list is some real some ish. Yep, I agree. Uh, Nikki, what about Lil Kim? Lil Kim hurt herself with no long because she's a puffy product. You don't get the longevity with Lil Kim. But Lil Kim, she hasn't. Mm. Her original out, her first album. Oh, a masterpiece. Monster, yeah. So her, I mean, if you if we're gonna go for first albums being monster pieces, we gotta have an argument for Fifty Cent not being in this list. Get, but, get rich or die trying. That shit tore the world up. Yeah, that was in my car for like two, three months straight. Just a banger, like you. Yeah. Uh, Eric Wheeler says Drake and his BS auto tune has no business in the top ten. I agree. Uh, Roxanne Shantae was my girl. I listen. Uh, matter of fact, you can listen to her on Rock the Bells Radio. I think Too Short should have been on this list. It's a lot of a lot of people that they they left out. Um, people always leave out Chuck D. That's another one. Again, Vibe and Billboard made this list. Yeah, this is, a, this is a rap pop list. But here's the thing: where does Raw said it? Where does LL Cool J rank for y'all? LL Cool J told you what? Fifteen years ago, he was the goddamn on uh, the goat. This dude's coming out with another album. He don't have to make any more albums. He shouldn't make any more albums. Hey, but he still runs. He should just chill with a show with um, what's the joint? The little rap, the little lip sync joint. Yeah. Battle. yeah, just deal with that, man. But oh, see, here's the thing is, doesn't isn't gonna respect his music, so his music gonna fall on that face. I'm gonna tell you like I tell my kids. It's certain music, and I always put LL Cool J in this, uh J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, um, 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 even maybe a little bit of 21 Savage right about now. Sometimes you're not aquatic enough to appreciate it. Okay, so you got to be aquatic to appreciate it, and people ain't this generation is not aquatic enough to appreciate an LL Cool J in twenty twenty three. So to add to your aquaticness, check out my boy Jordan Jordan Lyle. He played basketball for me back in the day. Uh, He got a style that you might like. Jordan Lyle, J O R D A N L Y L E. Okay, always into something new. Uh, <laughs> and Raw said Channel 43, Rock the Bells. Rock the Bells Radio. I I love it. I love it. But this, this list, trash. The list trash. is not trash. The list caters to the audience that is specified for. That's all it is, man. This this isn't, like, if, 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 if old MTV, like, yo MTV raps and, um, What's the joint? The basement with um Big Ticker? Yeah. Rap if City. they made a list, Rap City, if they made a list, it'd be totally different. And and then the young cats would be on here doing their show, like, oh, this list is trash. They got all these senior citizens on the list. Okay, let me ask you a question. What what do you feel? And I I'm asking this to everybody, what do you feel is the most influential song in hip hop history? Oh God, that's that's tough. Um, I mean, cause like, if we want to go on a diss level, no Vaseline is probably by Ice Cube is probably one of the 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 dopest 
songs. Um, one of the, I mean, that shit, that shit took down a dynasty. Like they, he, he made niggas quit the group. Yeah, like, it, it turned, it turned. Yeah. See, uh, hold on, cause it it hit the target that I wanted to hit. Uh, Raw says list for twenty five and thirty five year olds. That's what I uh, said. Yeah, man, this list. Uh, this is what Eric Willis said. Man, that list is uh Bubba Dub type trash. Right. song. The mess, the mess, and that's what I that's what I was trying to hit for. You guys said exactly what I was trying to hit for the message. Like that I tried to tell somebody that they was like, Man, I don't want to listen to that old shit. I was like, Dog, do you understand what they were saying? What that that whole thing, that right there, like that was it. Uh, Rose said no Vaseline was on uh, Rock the Bells this morning. I think no Vaseline has to be the greatest diss song of all time. They did a ranking of diss songs. They had no Vaseline in like three. They probably had Ethan. Yeah, Ethan was number one. Yeah, it is. I knew that. And I, it was num- what was number two, but no Vaseline. I was like, uh, the fuck? Nah, Ethan was fire, but Ethan, no Vaseline has got to be one just from. The, the the sheer level of destruction that song caused, and I was matter of fact, I'm glad you said self destruction. I was listening to that the other night. I was sitting in the living room listening to self destruction. But, but doesn't doesn't that doesn't that go to like a collabo? That's like saying that Michael Jackson wrote "We Are the World." Like, that was like a multiple. <laughs> well, hold, multiple on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lionel okay. Richie said he did write it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from the greatest um, artist. In music history, but you know, we ain't got time to get in that argument. Subjective. Um, <laughs> uh, Frank Simpson says, Public Enemy 911. 911's a joke. Uh, Ether is overrated, in my opinion. It was good when it came out. Did yeah, it? But it's a, it's a, it's, it's again, like sometimes, all right, let's, let's think about it like this. If we talk about like a Peyton Manning in a Dan Marino. We're too far removed from the greatness of Dan Marino that we're always going to come back to Peyton Manning. And I think that's the way No Vaseline is in this era is we're too far. No Vaseline is John Elway or Dan Marino and Ether is Peyton Manning because it's the closest to being in our face. And that's what they're going to see. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just giving you the I'm just saying what they think. I'm not trolling, man. Trolling. I'm not. I'm just saying it's I'm not saying it from this is this is a youth movement that they're doing. They're they're trying to stay younger. So they're not listening to what we listen to. It's like when we talk about basketball and you can't get your 1963 MVP argument in the case um back in the day, but it's to you it's important, but to them nobody cares about that cuz it's 1963 and I don't even know who was playing in 1963. I'm not even gonna get into that. I'm not saying me. I'm saying no because that's what we're doing. I'm 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 saying because something that we was talking about the other day, and I sent it to you, and it kind of pissed me off a little bit. (laughs) We're not gonna get into that. Uh, Jordan Lucas, I'm not racist. I I like that song. I like that video too. Uh, This track, Drake's back to back. He's laughing. Um, Uh, most most influential group NWA fuck the police opened a lot of eyes. That is true. That is true. Um, 
I'm sorry. I just never saw the greatness of Nas. Good, yes, great Nas. I got Nas rated as the number three lyricist of all time behind KRS-One. I'm sorry, number yeah, number three. I got KRS-One number one. Uh, uh, Rock him, Nas, Big Daddy K. But that's- I'm gonna tell you Nas's biggest problem because I remember this album. So I bought um, his first two. I was actually in college um, at UVA's homecoming. He came in on a helicopter for that performance. But his third album, I think it was Nostradamus. And I think the reason that Nas won't get or doesn't get the shine on his lyricism is because unless you're sitting there with a with Webster on one side and like a, um, a Britannica on the other, or nowadays it'd be Wikipedia, but if you ain't got a computer or you don't have something to look up these words he used, like it's almost like Nas's raps go over your head so far that you you just don't understand it. So it's to you it's trash. But if you ever just got a dictionary and learn some new words, yeah. But I get it. What's I mean, what's, what's absolutely crazy? Like, cause I listen to Nostradamus and I'm a words guy. And I was sitting there like, I don't know what he referencing. Like, I I, I need to time out. Like this is in my head hurt. When Illmatic came out, a dude that I got, I, I he he made the Illmatic, he burned it for me. I'll show you how long ago this was. He was like, Nas kind of really lost him because he got a lot of old school beats and he really going real old school. I'm like, he's staying true to himself. Right. But. Uh, 125. Yeah, we got to get up out of here. Can DMX get some love? Of course. Oh, DMX, oh boy. Eric Willard got, got stories about DMX. Just to be different. My top lyricists all have big in their name. Big L, Big Pun, and Biggie. I, I used to love Big L. Big L was going to rip the game apart. You know, I'm, I'm gonna give you another, I'm gonna give you another rapper that should be at least top 15. MF Doom. There you go. <laughs> there you go, the historian. I, I say that because if you've never listened to the Danger Doom album. With him and uh and Danger Mouse, man, go listen to Sofa King and just listen to what he say. Like when I tell you, he I, and that was on uh oh the first time I heard that was NBA Two K Nine. Order a rapper for lunch, spit out the chain. No, what do you say? Hold on, what do you say? Something about I can't remember how I go. I'm I'm trying to hurry up and go, but he it, just go listen to Sofa King. That's all. Hey, we got we got a show Thursday, so you ain't got to yeah. give him all the information. Um, he has one album that was a banger. The rest a hit here and there. Uh, Eric Willis said, "Who?" <laughs> um, mm-hmm. do you guys have a top NBA player rapper list that like Dame Dollar? Nah. I'm, I'm not gonna make no fans on this one, but I actually like Ron Artest. Okay. Um I, yeah. I, I like I'm, Ron Artest. All right. The song champions. So okay. all right. uh we gotta get up out of here. I, I know the boss is gonna be ringing the he's gonna be ringing the office phone off the hook. Why was y'all on so long? What was going on? Was it that important? You gotta cut it down. So for the midnight rider, I'm the big guy KG. Thank y'all for joining us. Come back Thursday. We'll continue this. 
this this conversation. Do we have a preview for Thursday? So Thursday is probably there's some football on Thursday. Um, I don't know any future topics. Maybe we'll do a list. So stick stick around in the chats. We'll do a list maybe for Thursday. A list. But for the midnight ride, I'm the big guy KG. Y'all know the motto. We don't do no overtime, damn it. We are out of here.